Tyler here spoke to the media about his injury, and we break down what he said and what it means for his future in Miami. Plus, a new player poll had some interesting results about how the Heat roster and head coach Eric Spolstra are viewed around the league. And we get dig into some stats that could provide a key to Miami winning Game 2 on Wednesday night. All that and more on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Giannis is listed as doubtful for the Bucs tonight. I also want to get to this player survey from The Athletic. Some interesting stats that could help decide Game 2 against the Bucs tonight in a minute. But I want to start with what Tyler Hero said about what is essentially a season-ending injury here. He told reporters in Milwaukee of his broken hand, quote, It sucks. Obviously, being at home in Milwaukee and being in the playoffs, you work so hard all year to be in this moment where I feel like I had some things to prove this postseason. So it was a tough moment. I still can't believe it. It'll probably sink in Wednesday night when I can't suit up. It's my first time breaking a bone and unfortunate timing. Stay positive and I'll be back stronger than ever. I'll be back. So other than that Arnold Schwarzenegger kicker there, what do you think he means by uh, having something to prove? Uh, this postseason, and do you agree that he has something to prove this postseason or had something to prove? I do. Uh, I think the quote, as I've mentioned before, uh, you know, the regular season's where you make your name, the playoffs are where you make your fame. And I think everybody recalls Tyler Hero's rookie season in the Orlando bubble and his breakout, but those were with lowered expectations and he wasn't expected to have the kind of production he did in big moments starting in the finals due to injury also having big moments in the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Boston Celtics, again, with lowered expectations. He was still coming off the bench. He wasn't, he's only a rookie. And yet after that, he's had an increased role. He's viewed as one of Miami's best offensive players and his production against the Bucks in 2021 and then against the Hawks, Sixers, et cetera, last season, not up to par, very inconsistent, the kind of level of production that was somewhat underwhelming. And I think a lot of people saw that and viewed his physicality or his inability to get his shot off consistently and said, look, if you're going to be able to do this during the regular season, be a 20 point per game score, better than a six man of the year, want to be in the starting lineup, all the things that we talked about all season and even during the off season leading up to this year. Now all of a sudden, everybody kind of views Tyler as a key component of Miami's offense, as we've talked about over the last couple of days. He's going to be missed. Of that, there's no doubt. And yet there were still some questions regarding how consistent a scorer he'd be in those situations. And Jimmy Butler has said himself said uh, yesterday's practice that he was looking forward to seeing Tyler embrace the challenge of being a better defender because he had seen Tyler trend more positively in that direction over the course of the regular season. And so... There was a lot for Tyler to prove, not just his ability to defend players, but also to be able to get a shot off against some of the top-tier competition and to do so consistently when the games mattered most. So I agree 100% that he was, he did have something to prove in this playoff series for however long it lasts. And look, there's still a chance, however slim it might be, that he'll be back in time for the NBA Finals. But Miami has a hard, long road to get to that position, let me tell you. 
Uh, he averaged 12.6 points per game in 15 playoff games last year. He was shooting 40% from the field, 22.9% from three-point range, uh, turned yeah. the ball over 1.8 times a game, only 2.8 assists. So the year before that, 9.3 points per game in the playoffs on 31% shooting in that first-round sweep to the Bucks, And then, as you mentioned, his rookie year was awesome. 16 points a game as a rookie in that bubble uh, run, 21 games. He shot uh, 43% overall, 37.5% from three-point range. He was great. Uh, yep. I don't know that he had something to prove. I, I appreciate the self-awareness. Uh, I appreciate the fact that he feels that way and wanted to go out, and there's a competitive fire to that that you obviously appreciate if you're a Heat fan and if you're Heat coaches and if you're his teammates. But I don't know. I just I guess I just sort of dismiss the notion in general like these players have anything. He's the sixth man of the year. He averaged 20 points per game in the regular yeah. season. I know that some people are like regular season, postseason, but like we're also just talking about Tyler Hero. And I love Tyler Hero. You know I ride with Tyler Hero. But when we talk about like players that have something to prove in the playoffs, like we're talking about James Harden, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, a few years ago, players like Giannis. Like those are the players who actually have something to prove in the playoffs. The guys that are carrying their teams um, and, and, and have a history of falling short. And I don't know, even if Tyler Hero's postseason last year was a little disappointing, I don't I don't care about the year before that and the sweep to the Bucs. The Heat were a mess that year. I, I don't care. Jimmy Butler was terrible. Bam, everybody was terrible. I don't care about that one. Throw it out. Last year, he had the groin injury. I still think that it was uh, a more major injury than he was letting on. Obviously, he was able to play through it, unlike it breaking his hand. But I, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I think it was more major than he was letting on at the time. I don't care. I don't care. I, he has nothing to prove to me. I know he's a great scorer. I know he's a great playmaker. To me, when I think about Tyler Hero and his career trajectory, how he was going to perform in these playoffs have very little to do with him individually and his career. Obviously, he raises the ceiling my, on Miami and what yeah. they can do. But when I think long term about Tyler Hero, I just want to—I've seen the progression year over year with his game. I know he's getting better. Yeah. I know he's better now than he was as a rookie, despite being better in the playoffs as a rookie than he's been any other year in his career. He's a better player now than he was as a rookie. So I care less about the playoffs, man. I don't think he had anything to prove, at least not to me. That I, that's, that's a strange take from you there. I, I, my counter to that is, like, so many players are viewed through the lens of what they produce during the playoffs. And I think the regular season, we've seen this. We've seen this from this Heat team. Players care less during the regular season. And so you for him to be able to get 20, 25 points during a mid-February game that nobody gives a crap about doesn't well, strike Well, I wouldn't dismiss averaging fans. 20 points a game as just like nobody no, cares I, I'm for I'm not dismissing games. it either. I'm not, I'm not dismissing it. I'm saying that we all know what he's capable of, but we haven't seen him do it consistently during the playoffs. And if you're looking to the future of Miami's franchise, and a lot of fans are because who knows what will happen this offseason – you also have to consider the possibility that Tyler's role is going to increase over the next few years with Jimmy probably entering some decline during due to age. And as a result, he and Bam, another player with questions regarding his playoff performance, have to be able to show consistently what they can do in the postseason when it matters most. And it does matter. And it does matter to, to players. It matters a, a lot more to fans. And you want to be able to see that he can do it. Maybe you're not going to, that's not the entirety of the book on Tyler. It's like, oh, well, he, he shot, you know, four points less per game during the playoffs than he did during the regular season. But you want to see him do it consistently so that you could say you're not worried about it. And I think that's a huge concern. But he doesn't have to be there yet. A lot of fans. He doesn't have to do that yet. To your point, we're not at that point where Jimmy Butler 
is 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 not able to carry this team. But even in his role, like to 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 beat Milwaukee, we've talked about this in the recent episodes. Like they have to play as perfectly as possible yeah, no, in order to knock for off sure. a superior. That's opponent. not what we're talking about, though. I, I think that for the Heat to yeah. to get through the playoffs, Tyler Hero has to play well. I'm not saying that Tyler Hero can go out there and just play like garbage, and it's fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he has nothing to prove to me, right? When if if we're just gonna basic base everything mm. off of the playoffs, then. I guess you would have me to believe that he was a better player as a rookie than he is now. And we both know that that's not true. No. So just to me, he has nothing to prove to me. I know I'm looking again, I'm looking big picture. He is getting better every single year as a basketball player, regardless of how this postseason was going to go for him. And now it's not going anywhere because he's got he's broken his hand and he's not coming back because the heat are not going to the finals. But I, to me, I don't care about that, man. Like, Look, I shouldn't say I don't care about it because obviously you want him to play well and you want the Heat to go as far as they can. But in terms of what he is proving as a basketball player, he is not at the point yet where there is actual pressure on him to oh, to, yeah, to carry a team that, in the playoffs. There is no pressure on him. That that's, is okay. Like, not that's carry for Jimmy. That's not even carry. For Bam. That's reserved for Giannis yeah, and Bede. Harden. Harden. And Bede. That's, yeah, that's sure. who those are reserved for. I get that. It's not caring, but even like in his role, star in your role, like he said this, like he wants to be a starter. Guess what, buddy? Now you're there. You've got to be able to show this consistently. I can't believe I'm having this debate. Like I mean, he has to be better, even if it's just in a more limited role and not expected to carry the team. He's got to be better. Would you have and thought differently what? of, if he of had him gone, if he averaged 14 points a game on 40% shooting versus 18 yeah. points a game on 50%? And I'll tell shooting. you who else would. More importantly, Pat Riley would. And Pat I mean, there were already people making a, a look a somewhat callous, uh, not somewhat, totally callous. Oh, too bad that he's played his last game in Miami. You would think differently like, of his the, ceiling the as a player. If he struggled during this playoff for his third consecutive year, I, I would think so that that would, would be, be the thing. If he did lower, that's a good point though. It's if if he struggled again and the Heat and he was healthy and the Heat were healthy, I still but this team is not good, and I don't think that you could blame. Tyler Hero for the fact that this team was not the number one seed this year again. Like it's 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 everything else kind of well, beyond Jimmy him, Bam and Tyler. If he didn't play well again, I guess Pat Riley would have to say, well, if he's not the dude, let's trade that dude. But I also think that he's kind of already there. Like if Damian Lillard is on the table for Tyler Hero, you make that trade regardless of yeah. what you feel like yes. about Tyler Hero. So I don't know. I just can, I think it's being a little overstated. I should say. Time. It doesn't not matter, but okay. it's being overstated. Can we refute for the millionth time? Because I still see comments and people putting, you know, things like this on, on on social media. They didn't include him in a trade for James Harden or Kevin Durant because those trades were never going to manifest. They would have included him in a heartbeat if that was the final straw. If Houston's Raphael Stone, their general manager, says, "No, no, we'll send you James Harden if you're willing to include Tyler." Tyler would be a Houston Rocket, and they wouldn't have drafted Jalen Green. Like sure. he would be a Brooklyn Net. They might have still drafted. Like, I don't know, how- but I I don't I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know that the Heat were that in love with the idea of trading for James Harden in the first place. They wanted Kevin Durant, but to your point, they didn't have Mikal Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and four first round picks. So what right. what we Donovan have this Mitchell idea? Isn't I, a Heat I, player because of Tyler Hero. I think fans have this idea of like, okay, they offered this and they did not offer that. It is never that. It is very, I should say, very rarely that black and white. There's conversations that right. happen, and I think. Pat Riley had those con- – let's just talk about Durant. Riley had those conversations with, with Brooklyn, and I think Riley had conversations yeah. with Utah about Donovan Mitchell yeah. and very quickly realized, oh, we don't have the horses to really be in this race right. based on what it is that right. they're getting offered and, and what they're talking about with other teams. But um, Giannis's status for tonight, 
What is it? How is it going to impact game two and maybe even beyond this series? Plus, what do rival players think of the Heat's best players? We'll talk about that next. But first, today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I've always thought that I could be a great NBA general manager. And as it turns out, I'm right. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons, leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches, hiring the right assistants, trading players, training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go uh, as you want, when you want to. I think I'm in year 2045 now in my game, David. Yeah, we've got uh, three championships under my belt. Uh, My Hall of Fame point guard just retired, uh, as did my Hall of Fame power forward, who I, I moved to center, and his last year of his career actually ended up being a pretty good move. We made a little bit of a playoff push there when nobody expected us to. But um, rebuilt, traded a bunch of players, uh, some other veterans who didn't retire, kind of did the, the the Boston to Brooklyn Kevin Garnett swap, got a bunch of draft picks, got some four- and five-star guys uh, that are young, kind of feels like a little bit of a young, like, OKC team squad. Bunch of long ball handlers, spacing the floor, switching defense. Fun stuff. Um, you can also play Locked On Heat listeners can get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Uh, to download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or just look it up in your app store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, YouTube. Please do subscribe every day or as you can find us tonight with a recap of Game 2 immediately following the game. Giannis is listed as doubtful for tonight's game, which basically means that the Milwaukee Bucks think he has a 25% chance of playing. Uh, but when you listen to Giannis and and Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer after practice, after the, they were optimistic. So are they... Are they kind of trying to misdirect here? Gamesmanship. Yeah, is it a little bit of gamesmanship? Uh, Could this be more serious than they initially talked about? What do you think, David? Certainly seems that way. I, 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 you know, I I thought it's not to dismiss the severity of the injury, but I thought that, you know, we've seen Giannis come back from these types of small falls before, and and it did set in, and and maybe there is some stiffness. And he stayed in initially, too, which I think, obviously, he had to leave, and he wasn't, he wasn't right, but he did stay in initially, so I think that's part of it too. Yeah, that is, certainly, and, and yet, you know, you, you you talked about Steph Curry's injury. We saw that from Jimmy Butler. Like it, it does impact players. Like you would think, oh, your con- your tailbone, you know, you're right above your rear end or whatever. And it's like it's not a for these players anyway. There's not a whole lot of cushion there. There's not a lot of fat to absorb those kind of falls. <laughs> Maybe you know? for other people, so but it's yeah, not, like, not not these players. Yeah. <laughs> no, not these guys. So it's like that's like bone on muscle falling there and crashing from a great height. So yeah, that, that it could hurt a substantial amount. And look, and even it's more to the point. I think the stiffness is what everybody's kind of considering here. The fact that it might make it so painful for him to move in the way that he's accustomed to that I, I think is a good point. And, and look, there's a comment that we received via YouTube. A, a, uh, a viewer named Ronald Fonte writes in. 
I got swiped on the forums during a putback dunk in recreational league. Shout out to you for being able to dunk in rec league. My lower body wow. continued forward. My upper went back. And I fell straight down on my lower back area. Two minutes later, when things tightened up, I could barely walk, could barely move for about a week. It took about six weeks before I could play again with some tightness, little over two months before I was back to normal. So that is a lot more concerning. Um, yeah. You know, that, that with, if you're the Bucks and you look, and we should put the caveat, obviously, Ronald, great athlete that he is, is not Giannis Adetokounmpo, and he's also not with the same kind of level of medical care and access to medical care that, you know, Giannis does have and the Bucks have available to them. So there's significant differences in that, but yet we've seen injuries right. like this NBA impact players. players for a prolonged yeah. period of time. Yeah. This is, despite the fact that they are Supreme athletes, it, it doesn't necessarily excuse them from, from injury at the time. So I don't know. Doubtful. That's a, a little bit that of a was the, That there. was the twist, right? And I just to, to kind of, go into what the, the the language of this i think we were expecting questionable probable right. would have been a surprise uh the difference right. between questionable and doubtful is is a significant one right that's a downgrade from questionable to doubtful doubtful is worse if you're the bucks um i that to me was a twist i did not expect doubtful it is being officially called a lower back contusion uh if tailbone yeah. was involved in the description of the injury I would think that there's no way Giannis is playing tonight. And he's probably going to miss several games and could miss the rest of this series. And if that's the case, yep. I said this after the game, uh, after game one when we talked about it, David. If Giannis is not playing in this series, this series is even. I still think Milwaukee is deeper, but I think Miami's top-end yeah. talent is better. Um, when it comes to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, I don't think Chris Middleton has looked the same this year. Drew Holiday is a fringe all-NBA guy. He's awesome. Uh, but give me give Very me good. Jimmy and Bam over over Drew and, and Middleton. I think I, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, and then beyond that, I know the Tyler the, the Tyler Hero injury is a big one. I think the Bucks are deeper. We'll see. But a lot more even versus than a, than a Bucks team that's the number one seed and has Giannis right. And so um, this is significant. It's significant because if he does miss tonight and the Heat are able to go into Milwaukee and get another game and bring the series back to Miami up 2-0. Giannis or no Giannis, giving the Heat a 2-0 handicap and then two games at home, that's that's uphill sledding for a Bucks team, even if they do get uh, the MVP candidate back. So um, this is significant, even if he just misses the one game. But I would not rule out maybe missing several games. Who knows? Doubtful is, 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 is serious. I've seen this comment from many people, and I tend to kind of agree that the winner of tonight's game is likely to win a series. And and I don't I like Shortly, I said I, that's I think true. that's if the team go well no if the Heat win this you think the winner even if, if Milwaukee the Heat wins, wins yeah because Giannis I mean sorry if, if Giannis plays and they win tonight um then all yeah, of a sudden feels, the momentum yeah. shifts back in their favor and I don't think the Bucks are scared of winning in Miami either going on the road we've seen this from the Heat uh, you know the, the, their fear they don't have the fear of going into the road on the road and and, and having to find a way to steal it they they did so in game one sure. so. I think if, if they get that momentum back, they travel to Miami and they feel so, engaged uh, and ready to. Is this so a must I, win? I think it's a, Are you saying this is a must win? Game two? It's a it's a pivotal game for the okay. Heat. I think for the Heat, as underwhelming as your regular season is, and then you could say as underwhelming as your roster is, especially without Tyler Hero, yeah. if you can lock in and steal game two, and it is a steal, for sure. then all of a sudden your chances of uh, winning the series increase um, exponentially.
it wouldn't be shocking if Giannis didn't play and if this was a long-term injury. This happens every year in the playoffs. There is a big injury to a star player that kind of shifts the tectonic plates of the postseason, right? We see it every mm -hmm. single year. And unfortunately, it could be Giannis. And I say, because you just never want to see a player like that go down. You want to see the best competition. Even Jimmy Butler after game one says he hoped Giannis would play. That's how these players feel, right? I'm sure the Bucks yeah. are disappointed that Tyler Hero broke his hand. They want to play the best competition when it gets to the playoffs. Um, yeah, but stuff like this happens, man. Like okay. Kawhi won in 2019 because half the Warriors starting lineup got hurt. Like it, it, and nobody takes that. Nobody takes it away from him, and I'm not taking it away from him. Uh, but stuff like this does happen are. in the playoffs. Who cares? I, whatever, fans. Um, <laughs> no, no, they, yeah, no asterisk goes in the record. Book, I do. But the fans will always discount. I do want to try this again though for our social media clips. David, is this a must-win game for the Miami Heat? Yes, it is, Wes. That was not convincing. All right. Uh, we, we didn't get to the athletic player poll. We'll do that on the other side of the break. Plus, some fun with numbers. Uh, we take some looks at uh, keys for the Heat getting game two. Giannis or no Giannis? That's coming up next, David. But first, the listeners of our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. A lot of people are, you know, looking ahead and saying, you know, I want to go to this show, whether it's a comedy show or a, a concert, maybe even a game. But it's hard to find tickets and maybe you don't trust different sources out there for tickets. Well, Game Time is the fastest, easiest way to buy tickets for any event that you're looking forward to with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hype for the fun you'll have at these events. What I like best is that you can see exactly where you're going to sit. No more concerns about buying a ticket from some unknown venue. Maybe you, you, you're traveling for vacation or maybe you're there for work and you've got a few hours and you happen to catch a, a band or a, an artist that you want to see in person and you want to get tickets, but you're like, oh, I've never been to this venue before. Am I going to get stuck in the nosebleeds? Am I going to get stuck behind a column somewhere where I can't see anything? I've heard it happen before. It's a nightmare. You don't have to deal with that. With game time, you can see exactly where you're going to be sitting and you get the best prices available. You get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are set directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Everybody's gone paperless. Game time helps make it easy. So download the game time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA. That's locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, you create an account and you redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm using uh, game time hopefully soon for a Marlins game. That's my plan. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I would love to go to a Marlins game, but you know how it is in our it's kind of short notice. Like, oh, free Saturday afternoon. Let's just go. Uh, let's go catch a few innings, something like that. It'd be fun. Yeah. Any any team in particular you want to see? Uh, nope, just the Marlins. I don't really care <laughs> about the other teams. I don't really know anything about baseball. Yeah. Um, thanks yeah. for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, as you can find us tonight with a recap of Game Two immediately following the game. Of course, you can reach Lockdown Heat on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us lockdownheat at gmail.com. Get your questions in tonight during the game using that hashtag #AskLOHeat on Twitter. Maybe we'll answer them on the show. Uh, the Athletic Player Poll came out yesterday. Um, MVP, you know, it was a sample of basically 55 players, a small sample in a league of 450 players, but it wasn't just 55 players. I think everybody was asked to, to answer. And at the most, uh, I, from what I saw, 103 votes for any particular category. So some okay. people were like, no, so it's I'm not like sort of between that. 50 and a hundred basically per question. Okay. Yeah. 
And there's a bunch of different kinds of questions. That's a good note. A bunch like who the MVP is, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm just going to read you where the Miami Heat sort of and players and, and personalities sort of ranked in this thing. Uh, 6% of players said that Bam Adebayo was the league's best defender. 6% said that Jimmy Butler was the most overrated player. 10% said that they would want to play for Eric Spolstra. I think the leader in that category mm -hmm. was Greg Popovich by a pretty wide margin. He was. 3% yeah. said they'd least want to fight Udonis Haslam, where former Heat player James Johnson was like the 70% vote-getter. That was crazy. Um, 2% said that Miami's arena had the worst fans. Now, those 6%, those 10%, those 3% feel low. Uh, they're not, because most of, like you said, it wasn't multiple choice. It was sort of just an open question poll. So most players sort of got like 6% yeah, here, 8% there. Like that was sort of the leader in most of these categories. So the fact that 6% said Bam was the best defender, 6% that Jimmy was more overrated, that's a that's a significant enough, I suppose, uh, question. I would imagine the most overrated player was probably the question that got the least amount of players answering. But uh, yeah, what, among all of those things, we don't have to go into all of it, but among that list, what stands out to you as most interesting? From the Heat perspective? I would have guessed at the the, uh, the widely held perception that Eric Spolster is a coach that you want to play for. I, I it's not necessarily a knock on Spo, but you know they run a pretty tight ship here. A lot of fans, even to this day, after a decade plus of success, and and you can't discount it in any other way. Like he is a successful, one of the best coaches of all time, et cetera. And yet, some people are still saying, "Oh, you don't play over yard seven for thirty minutes a game. You don't know what you're doing." Uh, that's not to say that he's, you know, without fault. Sure. Obviously, he's fallible. But I, the fact that so many players, whatever the percentage might be, however many votes that are tallied, want to play for a team like Miami that is known for pushing players and making them work hard and perhaps push the boundaries of what they're used to, even as NBA players, I think speaks volumes about how widely respected he is. And, and you know, I was uh, – we talked about – recently uh the eric spolster profile by lee jenkins and there was the the piece there uh oh no i'm sorry it was in the athletic it was the jason quick piece there about jason uh sorry josh richardson and the three pointers and and how that changed the trajectory of his career but i'm thinking to myself you know spo has never shied away from wanting to get into the mud with his players and do the work and that has to be accepted with mm -hmm. a high level of respect mm -hmm. maybe you know you might not like spo you might not like his methods but i think you trust him and i think his ability as a communicator is unparalleled perhaps second for, to, to sure. just greg popovich who is an all-time great so the top three was popovich steve kerr and eric spolstra and what are those three guys all have good communicators exactly. exactly the fact that popovich well popovich been in the league for his entire life it feels like and most of these players lives but spo <laughs> not a former nba player Steve Kerr is in there, as obviously, as the guy that played with Michael Jordan, former NBA player, a lot of success, right. championships. Um, and there's other guys on that list that were also former players. So the fact that Spo is not on that is is as high as he is and not a former player, I do think also is meaningful. Um, players talk, man. Like you mentioned that Josh Richardson story. You think Jason Quick was the first guy that Josh Richardson told that story to? No way. He's been telling right. that story to uh, teammates, uh, whether it's in San Antonio, Philadelphia, wherever he's playing now, New Orleans. Um, like, He's been telling those stories, and that's the thing is players tell, to uh, tell stories about Greg Popovich. They tell stories about Steve Kerr, and they tell stories about Eric Spolstra, and players want to play for those guys. They want to play with great communicators. They want to play for head coaches who feel like they care about them, and I think that's sort of 
when when you know when I covered the Warriors and Steve Kerr and and everything you hear about Greg Popovich having covered the league as long as we have and and, and what we hear now covering Eric Spolstra like that's sort of the common thread is they really care about me as a person off the basketball they take right. the time right like um right. Justice Winslow talking about stories of Eric Spolstra waking up early and yes. going on long walks with him like I cannot tell you how much that matters to these players who feel like commodities right tradable cuttable draftable signable commodities uh who are social media highlights and all these things they want to feel like they're people and and these coaches make them feel like that and so i think that's a big reason and also the other part of this is you play for greg popovich you're gonna learn a lot you're gonna go somewhere else you're gonna get paid you play for steve kerr you learn a lot you have some success you go somewhere else you're gonna get paid you play for spo you're gonna get paid man we've seen that over and over and over again so that's an also yeah. that's also got to be a big part of it yeah, no doubt. Uh, all good points there. Uh, you know, who doesn't want to work for a boss that treats them like a human sure. being? This isn't just say, you know, you got to come in on weekends. You just stay late. Uh, I don't care if you've got a birthday or event to go to. No, you can't take vacation time. Like nobody wants to deal with that. And I think Spo has shown the flexibility. He's like, yeah, when you're on the clock, you work hard. But I think these guys are more likely to do so anyway. And, and I think it also speaks volumes about the fact that Tom Thibodeau coach who's notorious right. for grinding players careers away for putting you out there for 40 plus minutes per game you can lose income for, playing for, for tom thibodeau yeah. playing 42 minutes a night <laughs> for one season you're like man you just no you doubt. just shaved two years off my career um yeah one player also they, they, they voted like greatest player of all time most of them said michael jordan an overwhelming amount of them also play uh, uh voted for lebron james some LeBron, said kobe. kobe uh one player voted for tracy mcgrady that to me is crazy uh if anybody has any if, if you're one of these people that thinks players should be voting on mvp and end of season awards just look at this and you'll t and this is the reason why they they shouldn't like that's everything i need just tracy mcgrady getting one vote as the the goat like forget it uh fun with numbers let's talk about game two tonight um so a couple of stats that i want to throw at you david and we'll just do this quickly but um this one actually comes from uh, cooper moorhead from miamiheat.com uh bam and mm. jimmy uh, there, are four, there are 45 total shot attempts in game one that produced 58 points uh, without factoring Jimmy's 11 assists. That was the most uh, shot attempts they've taken in the same game as members of the Miami Heat. That 45 total attempts, the most attempts they've taken together as members of the Miami Heat. Uh, going further, that Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo pick and roll. Uh, they used that 11 times in game one, more than the Heat usually use that. That's above their average. So that Butler... Bam, pick and roll, especially with Tyler Hero out. They're leaning more and more into that. And I think with yeah. Tyler Hero out, or I know with Tyler Hero out, that they're going to have to get close more. to that 45 shot shot attempts combined again, and probably for the rest of the series and for however long their but playoff run goes. Guess who else knows that? That's the Milwaukee Bucks coaching staff. So that's... Yep. That's the 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 flip side of all these statistics is like yes we're aware of them now and we can expect a trend in the right direction there or at least try continuing to, to yeah. build off of that yeah but Milwaukee's gonna do everything they can to um, stop them, so. yeah the Athletics Eric Neem had a great breakdown and I and I do suggest that our listeners go follow him and 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 read his writing because he does a great job covering the Milwaukee Bucks and it gives you a look into what the the other side is thinking about and his whole story today kind of previewing Game Two was stop Jimmy from getting to the basket and and do this to bam and that goes to our second uh uh stat here fun with numbers bam made eight of 16 mid-range jumpers in game one so short range or long range mid-range jumpers basically in the paint outside the restricted area eight of 16 50 percent 
uh, in game one. He also had two free throws coming off of that. So when you factor into points per possession, what that means for Miami's offensive rating and Bam's offensive rating, uh, that's basically 102 points per 100 possessions. Despite the fact that he's shooting 50% from mid-range, which feels good, that sounds good, right? But the worst offense in the NBA scored 108.4 points per 100 possessions. So even with Bam making half of his mid-range jumpers, which is an incredible rate because he usually hits 47% on those looks in the regular season, which is still one of the best rates in the league, that's still basic and getting free throws off of it. It's still equal to something way worse than the worst offense in the NBA. Now, that's a small sample. You're not really think, uh, considering all the other things and what that does to Milwaukee's defense and all these things. But just from a bare, basic, just the numbers, look at this. People wonder why Mike Budenholzer would play that drop coverage and not have Brooke Lopez play up on, on Bam Adebayo. That's why. is because Budenholzer is playing the numbers here, and he's basically saying, as long as Bam's not shooting 80% from mid-range, we're going to live with right. this because even if he keeps shooting these, it's still something equal to the worst offense in the NBA, even if he's making half of those shots. We're going to let him have them. I wonder if Miami recognizes that as well and then tries to swing the ball more out towards the perimeter, especially if you know Giannis doesn't play, their defense is, is drawn to some degree either by Bam or Jimmy or somebody else. Uh, I imagine it would be those two players because they are Miami's best offensive options. But I wonder if we'll see more than the 25 three-point shot attempts because I think that's going to have to be a key for Miami to win is they're going to have to shoot probably closer to that 40 yes. number that you and I have talked about all season long and try, <laughs> as unlikely as it is, to at least shoot over 40%. I mean, it would be better if they shot closer to 50%, but yeah. 40% with 43 yeah. three-point attempts, I think that's that's your magic number. Their there. target all year long has been 43-point attempts. And when you say you think that the Heat know that, like they know this, and that's why they started to shift away from that after the All-Star break and saying like, hey, like that mid-range jumper has been sweet and all, but we got to get right. uh, at the basket that draws more and one attempts and things like that, and then obviously crank up the three-point rate. Yeah, the... It was. It's awesome that they shot sixty percent from three point range. That's never going to happen again. So you you got to. How are you going to match that production from three point range? Well, you got to crank up the volume. Twenty five attempts from three is not what you want. And when you kind of remove yourself from the the sixty percent and the hundred thirty points that Miami scored, they mm -hmm. kind of like the Bucks kind of gave them the shots that they wanted to. And I think the the Bucks would live with a similar shot profile. What they want to take away is the the straight line drives that Jimmy Butler got at the basket, the lack of closeouts on those three-point attempts, like just playing harder defensively. But in terms of the shot profile, I think they would live with it yeah. uh, with what the Heat yeah. got in game one. So the Heat, that's it. So now the onus is kind of on the Heat to change that shot pro profile, right? Especially in game yep. two tonight. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Every day or Find us tonight with a recap of Game 2 immediately following the game. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can find us there. David, thanks for joining us. You got it, bro.